0: What a fellowship, oh what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting. What a blessedness, oh, what a peace is mine. I am leaning on the everlasting on oh, Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way. I am leaning on the everlasting. day I'm leaning, oh I'm safe and secure from all Everlasting, the everlasting all. Father, in the name of Jesus, leaning on you right now, that I might be able to preach your word. Father, I've studied, but only you can make me prepared. I'm willing, but only you can make me able. Allow me to uphold your cross that men might see thee and none of me. To the end that the slow fellows rededicated in the center will come saying, What must I do to be saved? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Every heart and believer says amen. Two years ago. I accepted a job to come and serve at a ministry here in the big city of Houston, Texas. Excited about the new profound and newfound opportunity, I readily left everything that I knew and everyone that I loved in Birmingham, Alabama. For the first time in my life, I would reside permanently 666 miles away from my mother, father, grandparents, siblings, family, and friends. Upon entering the city limits of Houston, Texas, the plan was clear. That I would serve at this particular place for a minimum of five years, providing faithful service until the Lord decided to transition me elsewhere or into another capacity. Filled with enthusiasm for this new ministry endeavor, I met every day with the grind to put my best foot forward by investing much time, energy, and effort to foster a fruitful and successful tenure. But to my surprise and my extreme dismay, my journey took an expected turn when my employment at this particular ministry concluded after only 52 days. After 52 days of wholeheartedly committing myself and showing up for service, building relationships, diligently completing paths and navigating the complexities of my new role, I was suddenly terminated without any apparent or singular reason. Life for me had shifted, and my plans were now absolutely, abruptly interrupted, leaving me in a state of confusion, questioning God, why would God allow this to happen to me as I have always done my best to be faithful in service to him for the life of me, I couldn't understand why God allowed this to happen to me. There I was grappling with the unexpected turn of events in the big city of Houston, Texas, without the support of family, no source of income, and facing the ever-growing pile of bills. My plans had been profoundly and totally interrupted. The road ahead was nothing short of dark and daunting, but I continued to trust in God. And shortly thereafter, the Lord navigated the circumstances for me to meet the Reverend Dr. D.Z. Cofield. And shortly thereafter that, I would become a member of the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church and executive staff. Since that day, God has given me new life, new direction, unforeseen opportunities that have all worked together for a greater sense of purpose in my life. Now, family, I I don't share this with you to bash a, a ministry and lift up another one, but I share this with you to let you know and remind you that none of us enjoy the arrival of interruptions and the challenges we have to face because of it. My brothers and sisters, as we journey through life, the fact of the matter is we will encounter some interruptions, whether they are abruptly circumstantial or not. Interruptions come, and they are necessary because it is a part of God unfolding our purpose. Church, that's my story. But what do you do when God interrupts you? How do you respond when God interrupts your plans? As we look into biblical antiquity. Divine interruptions are not uncommon. We're joined by a list of those who have been divinely interrupted and whose plans have been altered by the Lord. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk from the subject, what to do when God interrupts you. What to do when God interrupts you. The first thing I want to share with you is you must recognize that it is an invitation to discover God's purpose for your life. You must recognize that it is an invitation to discover your purpose from God. Look at what verse, chapter, chapter number two, verse number 26, how it begins. It says in the ninth in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin who was espoused to a man who was named Joseph. And of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And it came, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O oh favored One, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled after. At, at this saying, and try to discern what sort of greeting that this might be. Verse 30 says, And the angel of the Lord said to her, Don't be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end you must recognize that it is an invitation to discover your purpose. Here in this passage of scripture, we are divinely seated as distant onlookers as we are intentionally guided by the penmanship and lens of the gospel writer, historian, and physician Luke. Luke, in our text today, begins our sermonic discourse by giving us an orderly account of the events events that served as prerequisites to the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Luke chapter number one serves as a beautiful and groundbreaking introduction to God's divine initiative to bring about salvation and redemption into the world. Luke helps us to see by way of chapter number one the, the, uh, the element of divine duality. Uh, it is in this passage that we see two angelic announcements, two contrasting parental responses, two divinely blessed wombs, two mi- miraculous births, two baby boys that will become the manifestation and fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, two distinctive missions that which, which we are told uh, that John the Baptist was one of them who would become the forerunner and the messenger of Jesus Christ, and then the other being Jesus, who would be the Messiah sent from God, who would save his people from their sins. Yeah. Th- this is the foundation by which Luke writes to his audience, uh, we focus now on our attention on a young woman by the name of Mary. Mary is identified as a young virgin woman who, had, who by the account of the scriptures was a resident of a small village known as Nazareth within the region of Galilee. We are told that she was one who was of lower state within her society. She was engaged to be married to her husband, Joseph. And up until this point, Mary's life's journey was seemingly ordinary and normal as her life's plans were unfolding just as she had envisioned it. Life for Mary was going pretty good. As she was was anticipating becoming a wife, entering into womanhood, Mary's life, by all accounts, was going according to plan. Until uh, she got introduced to the theological concept of the sovereignty of God. Mary is getting ready to discover that God is sovereign. And because he's sovereign, he can do what he wants, whatever he wants, with whoever he wants, however he wants. That's the sovereignty of God. Mary comes face to face with this as she has been divinely chosen by God to be the fulfillment of scripture according to Isaiah 7 and 14 by which we are told that she would carry and conceive the glory of God without the assistance of man. We know that this is true because the Bible says that Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, comes to Mary to inform her and put her on notice that she's been divinely favored of God to be the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In short, Mary's plan in course has been interrupted. And oh, my brothers and sisters, we need to know and understand that just like Mary, sometimes God will interrupt your plan. So that he can accomplish his purpose in your life, realizing that God's purpose for which you were born precedes the plan that you pursue. Uh, th- this concept can be found all through Scripture, uh, even as He spoken in Jeremiah one and five. Before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I. You and I set you apart for your earthly task and assignment and purpose. Even as he spoke it to the Israelites, there in Jeremiah twenty-nine and eleven, he speaks it to us in our context today. He he says, "I know you've charted your plans for your life, but I know the plans that I have for you. And if you are wondering, they are plans to prosper you, not to harm you. To to plans to give you a hope." and a future and to bring you to an expected end. This is significant because even though you may be caught off guard, that don't mean that God is. Uh, uh, you know, even though you're, you're caught off guard, God is not. We must remember that God is intentional. Whenever it seems as though we are being interrupted, inconvenienced, and, and, and it means, what it means to God to us is that God is convincing us to introduce us and to invite us to be in alignment with his will and his purpose for our lives. Matter of fact, the old adage says that whenever man plans, God laughs. Because the fact of the matter is we belong to him. We we are created for him, by him, for his divine purpose and plan. Matter of fact, we would do well to get to the proper point of acknowledgement and realize that the scripture is true when it says in Colossians 1 and 16 that we are created by him, for him. And at the end of the day, the earth is still the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And they that dwell therein Which is to say that God is still in control And we need to reconcile with the reality That sometimes your plan is not God's purpose Church, purpose has to be discovered And it can only be discovered When we yield to the direction of God To help us find it This is why prayer needs to be that old song. Some of us need, here needs to, with today we need to pray that old song by singing order my steps in your word. Lead me, guide me every day. Lord, send your anointing, Father. I pray, Lord, order your, my steps in your word. Here's why, because I want to walk worthy. My my calling to fulfill. If you order my steps, Lord, I'll do your blessed will. The world is ever changing, but Lord, you are still the same. Order my steps and I'll praise you. Show me how to walk in your word. Show me how to talk in your word. And when I need a brand new song to sing, Lord, won't you let your praises ring in your word? Brothers and sisters, That alone ought to give comfort to somebody here today who's angry. Confused, unsettled and loss of direction because you've been wondering what's going on in your life because it hadn't worked out how you planned it. And short short of it all is your plan didn't go how you wrote it out. Your plan didn't go according to, 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 to how you figured it out. But maybe God is trying to tell you that wherever you are and whatever you're doing is not where I want you to be and it's not where I want you to do. Just as an eagle, mother interrupts her baby's comfortability in the nest so that they can discover their purpose in soaring in the sky, so does God with us as he invites us on the journey of purpose with him. God will interrupt your program so that you can be in alignment with his. Proverbs 16 and 9 says, We make our plans, but God determines our steps. Second thing I want to show you this morning is when divine interruptions happen, you must recognize and realize that your reality does not restrict the power of God. Your reality does not restrict the power of God. Luke 2:40:34 says, And Mary said to the angel, How can this be? Since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and therefore a child will be born and he will be called Holy, the Son of God. Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. The Bible says that the angel gives Mary the announcement concerning what God wants to do with her life and how God wants to birth something out of her in the midst of her plans being interrupted. The Bible lets us know that Mary meets this invitation troubled, scared, and confused. The angel tells her that she's found favor with God and she would bear a son whose name would be called Jesus. He will be the most high. He's going to be great. And he's, his kingdom is going to last forever. But Mary gets inquisitive and responds by asking the question, how can this be? Matter of fact, not how, she didn't say how can it. That was Zachariah. Zachariah said how can it be? He was doubting Mary said, how will it be? She said, Lord, just show me how you're going to do it. (laughs) Uh, She said, how will this be? The angel uh, Gabriel replied by informing Mary that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and the power of God would overshadow her and she would give birth to the Messiah and the Son of God. It is here where we see Mary is asking for clarity and understanding. Mary's question is not a one of doubt, but her question is so that she might discover the process for the purpose that she's just been introduced to. In so many words, Mary is saying, Lord, I understand you got plans for my life. I acknowledge you want to use me for your glory. I understand that you're shifting me into my divine purpose. And, Lord, I'm not doubting you, but I just don't know how in the world you're going to do this. And Mary said, Lord, I, you see my reality. I'm a young woman. I've never been with a man. And two plus two got to make one plus one got to make two. Got to make one, excuse me. One plus one got to make one. May be blessed to have two or three. And now she, 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 She's, I'm a young one, and the math just ain't math. Mary, Mary, Mary is where many of us are when we're divinely interrupted for the sake of God's purpose in our lives. We look for answers, looking for how is God gonna get this done? Realizing that there's always a part of us that seeks to magnify, rehearse, and Focus in on our current reality, our limitations, our restraints, our restrictions. But it's during these moments that we need to know and recognize that this is a God thing. This is a God thing. Matter of fact, in an effort to make it clear, the angel of the Lord tells Mary after the announcement, he constantly gives her the encouragement and he ensures her that that this is something that is going to happen, not because you are involved. This is going to happen because God is involved. And, all oh, my brothers and sisters, we ought to take comfort in this because our end point is always God's entry point. Right where we in is right where God starts and begins. And that's what I need to tell somebody today. You've been looking at your restrictions and your reality. But can I tell you, your reality is not God's restriction. Should you ever forget this, all you got to do is look at his track record. He created... Heaven and earth, he, and when, when he did this, he created something out of nothing because he's the God of no restrictions. Uh, he turned a Red Sea into a road and a walkway because he's the God of no restrictions. He raised an army from a valley of dry bones because he's the God of no restrictions. He poured down the Jericho wall like a curtain that had lost its rod because he's the God of no restriction. He caused water to flow from a dry rock because he's the God of no restriction. He turned a burning bush on fire but didn't allow it to be consumed because he's the God of no restriction. And last time I checked, animals don't talk, but a, but a donkey did just that because he's the God of no restrictions. <laughs> Here's the question. Is there anything too hard for God? Since we know that the answer is no. Our faith ought to look at what, our, our faith does not look at what we say, what we see. Our faith ought to listen to what he's saying. Our faith some of us don't need a looking faith because you get to look and you get all off track. So, so some of us don't need a looking faith. We need a listening faith. See, when you can't, when your faith can't see it, you ought to listen, have, have faith to, to to believe just what God has said. And, and so, brothers and sisters, he tells her you ought to take faith because God is with you. He says that in verse number 28, he is with you. And and, and when I and that's what I want to tell somebody today. Listen, I don't know what venture what God wants to produce out of you, but you need to take comfort in the fact that God is with you. And and, and, and here's what I learned in my short time of living, that whenever God is present, he can't be absent. That's what I've learned in in my short, whenever, since God is present, he can't be absent, absent of power, absent of provision, absent of proof, and absent of how God wants to bring this into fruition. God has no restrictions. God saw everything about you when he chose you. It's you proof. And and, and this was true in Mary and proof in Elizabeth. Watch Watch what he does. The angel tells Mary that I know you didn't ask for proof. But just look in your family. There's a woman there by the name of Elizabeth. She's six months pregnant. She's in her 80s. Old age. But because of the power of God, God turned the situation completely around. God God turned what was barren into blessed. And now here's an 80-year-old woman with a bump. God turned. Used her in her old age. And she used her as a witness to Mary. That, and God used him as a witness to Mary. That if I could do it in something that's old. That's barren. And bring new life to it. I can do great and wonderful things for you too. God can bring forth his purpose in you. No matter where you are. How old you are what you've done or what you've been through even though it is seemingly impossible for you with God nothing shall be impossible. Uh, Third and final thing I want to share with you is when divine interruptions happen you must relinquish your control by surrendering to the will of God. Uh, After Mary gets the reality of God that he's not restricted by man. She relinquishes her control by surrendering to the will of God. Mary comes, becomes our object lesson because she gives us an example and a template of how we ought to respond when we have divine interruptions. Divine interruptions help us to discover our purpose. Mary's response was brief, and it was immediate. Here's what she said. Behold, I'm your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. In other words, you know what she said. Lord, I'm your instrument. Play me and use me. In whatever key you want me to be in. I know I was looking for fulfillment in my plans, but Lord, fulfill your plan. Lord, do it. And it is here where we see Mary moves from perplexity to expectancy. Somebody here, you you fighting with God because you don't understand all there is to understand about what God has put in you. What is birthed in you. And, and, and you are at perplexity because you can't see down the road. But the moment you move from perplexity to expectancy, God will do just what he said he will do. She no longer possesses or pursues her will. Uh, she gives herself God And brothers and sisters, she said, God, at your word, I'm going to do it. She surrendered totally to obey to God. God, I don't know what your plan is, but I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to trust your purpose entirely. Mary pleased God with her belief because she understood that without faith it is impossible to please God. And I like it because Mary's response can be summed up in three words. Lord, do it. And, and I, I like it because she said, Lord, do it despite the cost and the consequences. She, 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 she said, Lord, do it knowing uh, that, that, that she would probably be accused as a, a, an adulterer and, and ran the risk of being stoned to death but she said lord do it she said lord do it because even even amiss how joseph might have felt joseph might have felt that sh- his trust had been broken and his pen he had now received personal embarrassment uh, yeah 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 she says lord do it. And Mary consented and God brought it into being. And some of you here tonight, this morning, maybe you're like Mary. Your plans have been interrupted. You don't know how things are going to turn in your favor. But you've got a, a mind to follow Jesus. And oh, brothers and sisters, if the old church was here today, They lift up an old hymn and say, Oh, all to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. Then they would say, All to Jesus, I surrender. Make me Savior, holy Thine. Let me feel thy Holy Spirit, truly thou art mine. Then they would go to the refrain and lift up their hands and say, I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed, blessed Savior, I surrender all. Maybe that's too old school for you, but maybe if you're in my area, in my demographic of you, you would probably say, I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Here I am, Lord, here I stand. Lord, my life is in your hands. Lord, I'm longing to you to see your desires revealed in me. Take my heart, take my life as a living sacrifice All my dreams, on plans, all my hopes, Lord, I place them in your hands, and the Bible. That that's where the conversation ended That's where the dialogue ended And that's where the sermon ends But here I want to tell you And I'm going to take my seat I kept on reading After she had gotten the word I wanted to know what happened to Mary I read over to chapter number 2 Verses 6 and 7 And it reads like this God bless Mary to have a son named Jesus. Now, what I'm trying to tell you, God moved her from Lord do it to God did it. That's what I'm trying to tell somebody. God moved her from God do it to God did it. And I'm looking for somebody who's in your place for God. used to be me God did it. Hey, Blessed man. So, so, today, if you have been divinely interrupted, you're not by yourself. There's a whole list of people in the Bible and standing before you today who've been interrupted because your plan is not God's plan. And so my prayer is for you today. For anybody who's carrying anything, a thought, an idea, a book, a business, a new venture, anything new, something that you've been putting off, You're like, God, I don't know. I don't know. God, I can't. I can't. Well, Lord, do it now. Get to the point where you say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Because I trust your track record. And sometimes you just got to take him at his word. Matter of fact, I close on this. She, Mary had a word from God. She had a witness in Elizabeth. But then she had to wait. It was nine months until her baby boy was born. Can I tell you something? Sometimes your greatest breakthroughs, blessings, and the purpose God wants to birth in you is going to take time. And I know you're on a hurry right now. Uh, I'm going to tell you like my grandma would say, you can't hurry, God. You just got to wait on Him. He'll be there. Don't you worry. And so, take the time today and moving on into this next season to ask God To reveal his plan in your life. And ask him to reveal what he's put in you. So that you can be more usable and more like him. That's what you do when God interrupts you.